Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. If you have your Bibles uh, or your phones, or it'll come up on the screen if you don't. If you're just joining us, we've, we've been in a, it uh, feels like an indefinite series called Sermon on the Mount, where we're going through Jesus' greatest teachings. The, this, these teachings are his, the, his biggest thoughts that he likely taught almost in every village he went to. That's why they're in all four of the or in all the synoptic gospels, or the three synoptic gospels, they are some of them are countercultural, so it's upside down to what our culture is saying, and it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to live it out. Today we're going to be talking about forgiveness, and this is on the cuffs of what we learned from last week of um, prayer. So it says, "For if," so he's tying that to prayer. It's like when we say P.S. in a letter. Some of you don't know what P.S. means. I don't even know what it means. Like, what does P.S. actually mean? Oh, postscript. This is what, for if. Jesus saying postscript, post to the prayer. So, you know, I, I use an iPad now. This ain't a real pen, right? Most everyone here knows that. But we, we're old school here. There's pens in your chairs. You might not know this, but in it there's ink. Old thing called ink. And you'd write a letter to somebody, and you kind of, and then you'd sign love, and then you'd sign your name, and you, at the bottom, so you're all done, and then you say, P.S., postscript, just learned something, P.S., and then you'd add a little something to it. So this is Jesus's P.S. to his postscript to the Lord's Prayer. Prayer is contingent upon forgiveness. P.S., for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. All, we all have hurts, right? If you've not been hurt, give it a year. Get, get, you know, wait till you grow up a little. But all of us have a story to tell. All of us have something that's gone wrong in our life. Someone has lied about you. Someone's falsely accused you. Someone has spoken negatively about you. Maybe you've had a spouse that's, you know, betrayed your marriage covenant. Or, um, someone's forgot about you. You didn't get invited to the thing or, or uh, you felt left out. Um, someone's physically hurt you. I think on the deepest level would be abuse, some type of uh, trauma, sexual abuse, um, physical abuse, mental abuse. Maybe uh, you had a partner and, you know, you started a business together. It went sour. You were friends when you launched it. But on this side of it, you don't even talk anymore. So maybe someone's taken advantage of you. I don't know your story, but we all have a story of how we've been harmed and hurt by other people. And Jesus says, P.S., when you're praying, make sure you're forgiving other people. Forgiveness is critical, central. It's like one of our, we talk about love in, in the Christian faith. It's central to our faith, and we must forgive those who have harmed us, but it's the hardest thing to do. It's one of the most important things we're called to do. It's central to the Christian faith, but it is hard to do. Why? Because we want revenge. We want them to feel the same pain they inflicted upon us. We want them to feel this pain. We don't want them. We don't want them off the hook. We want them to be paid back. That's what makes it hard. That's why we say it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to actually live out these truths. 
So before we talk about the consequences of not forgiving and talk about what it is, I want to start here today because every time I've mentioned forgiveness, almost always after a service, some people connect dots that I'm not saying. So they think they, they have to be good friends with someone who's harmed them in a really bad way. And so we, we have to process. So I want to talk about what it's not before we jump into the, the deep into the text today. Forgiveness does not mean you're letting someone get away with it. Forgiveness is not letting people get away with something. Well, I can't forgive them. They'll get away with it. No, what it is, it's releasing them so you will be released. It's releasing them so you will be released. It doesn't mean they're getting away with something. You're giving, you're giving the punishment you feel like they deserve to God. And he will handle that. And by the way, on the worst case, let's say like a legal matter where there's actually prosecution involved, that goes to the state, that, that goes to the prosecuting attorney, that goes whatever that, that recovery looks like or whatever that enactment due punishment looks like doesn't have to be on your hands. They're not getting away with it. You're either giving it to God or trusting someone else with the outcome. Now, you might have to totally let them off the hook, but it doesn't mean they got away with it. It just means now you're released from being tied to that event. Number two, forgiveness does not necessarily mean reconciliation. Reconciliation, like this is the thing that often will get asked to me. Uh, I, I had this just a few weeks ago. Someone came up to me and said I was abused, and they shared by who they, it was a family member that abused them, and you, just use your imagination, it was bad. Do, do I have to, does this mean I got to, you know, be with them at Thanksgiving and we got to like, no, that's not what that means. That's actually an unhealthy thing to do. Sometimes you can forgive. Let me, let me say it differently. Um, reconciliation takes two people. Forgiveness takes one. In the case of abuse, it would not be wise to put somebody back in a, into a relationship where they're going to be abused again. You can forgive but you still need healthy boundaries. So forgiveness doesn't mean you're letting them get away with something. Forgiveness does not mean necessarily that they're, I mean, the best case would be reconciliation. You know, in your marriage, God's best is your, you know, some, you know, even in the case of an affair. Yes, it is permissible because it hurts so bad, you could get a divorce. But God's best would be restoration. But it would take two. But it takes two for reconciliation, one for grimace. The, the third thing it does not mean, it does not always require a conversation. Forgiveness does not always require a conversation. In fact, I, I, I would might say, if you feel like you got to tell somebody you've forgiven them, you might not have forgiven them. Because why do you want to tell them? I want them to know that it, what you said stung. I want you to know that what you said hurt. And, you know, and certainly in areas of small things, they're, they're like, someone has a bad day, they say something hurts your feelings, they don't know, they don't even know. Half the time when we need to forgive somebody, we don't even know. There's two kinds of hurts. There's unintentional, like they didn't know they are doing it. And then there's, so it was intentional. You know, they, they, they determined to do that. They, 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 they were deliberate about offending you. So in cases of like, 
Just being human, someone has a bad day, they say some offense, they don't know you. That's just being human, you forgive them, that you were slighted. But we're talking about big offenses, something that's actually caused harm to your soul, something that's traumatic to your spirit and your mind, that's what we're talking about. But it doesn't mean you have to have a conversation. If it, if it was unintentional, and you go tell them, hey, I had to forgive you because you said blah, 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 well, now you've brought shame on them. They didn't know, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And then now there's this whole thing. And if it was deliberate and they're not asking for your forgiveness, they'll let you know, I ain't asking for your forgiveness. And then they re-wound you. So forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a conversation about it. It's actually just releasing them. Now, there are some consequences. And here's kind of the big thought today. Uh, the key takeaway today is until we forgive, we're always going to be in chains. Because unforgiveness, number one, handcuffs us to our past. It chains us to our past. It's taking up real estate in your mind. You can't stop thinking about the event. You're just always thinking about this thing, what they said to you, what they did to you, how they harmed you. And you're mad, you want them to know about it, you won't let go, and it just keeps stirring up in your, your spirit, and you're just handcuffed to that event, or that moment, or those words, or that Facebook post. Uh, the example I thought of this in Scripture was Herodias, who was um, the wife of Herod. The, the back story is, is, Herod marries his sister-in-law, causes a divorce between his sister-in-law and his brother. And John the Baptist, who's a righteous man, is calling it out. And as he's calling it out, uh, Herodias gets irritated by him, and she just can't let it go. She's chained to the words of John the Baptist. Now watch this. It says in Mark 6, verse 17, For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested and had him bound and put in prison. He did this because Herodias, his brother's wife, whom he had married. Because if you read the full context, John was saying, that's unrighteous. You don't, I mean, we don't even do that in Michigan. We don't marry our brother's wife. Like, well, maybe. But I, I, it would be weird. But in ancient times, uh, it was just radical. And John says, this is not godly. And Herodias got mad. Look at verses. For John had been saying to Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge. She's chained to the words of John the Baptist. And it isn't interesting. John is right. So sometimes the offense that's come to you, they're... It's not right what they said. Sometimes it is right, and you're just mad they're calling it out. But what really happens is she nurses a grudge. She wants him killed. Isn't that the end result? I want punishment for what the words are saying. So here's what I want to do. I want to model this to you. He, who, Timothy, you want to do this, brother? Come on up, Timothy. Kyle, you want to come up? Awesome. Let's give Timothy and Kyle a hand. So let's just say Timothy's the offended. Kyle has no idea, right? So Kyle is in Timothy's mind. He's physically here right now. But So you have a negative event. Kyle said something harmful. And let's do this hand. 
going on here? You know how to do this? Okay. You make sure I have a key. Okay. We won't ask you why you've had handcuffs before, but maybe. 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 <laughs> so until he forgives, he's bound to this experience. And he's got to walk around with it everywhere he goes. Because that's what it does. It takes up real estate in your mind. You're always thinking about it. Even though, hey, I'm going to church today. I'm having a good time. And, and the more you nurse it, the more you get bound to it. Can we do this? Yep. Now watch this. Because Jesus said, listen to what Jesus said. He said, if you do not forgive, I cannot. This is not a salvation thing. It's not like, oh, that means I'm going to hell. No, you no longer have an intimacy with God because you're bound to this moment. So God is saying, Timothy, hug me. <laughs> Timothy, embrace me. And he can't because he is handcuffed to the event. And the key that unlocks this event in your life, the event's real. You've had the trauma, they wounded you, they said terrible things. But the moment Timmy says, she takes it to God and says, God, say this with me, God, I choose to forgive, I choose to forgive. Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> and the Lord's like, oh yeah, let me undo that for you, brother, because I've been waiting to have a conversation with you. I hope I can do this. Hope I didn't get you guys. I got my contacts in, so it's all blurry to me. Yeah. So you're praying. Now watch what happens. You get released. And now you got some, some intimacy, but you still, you know, you might have to pray several times. So you go back, Lord, I'm still dealing with it. Okay, what do you do? I choose to forgive. Can you undo Kyle for me? Because he's bound to. <laughs> awesome. Good job, guys. Let's give them a hand. That was. The consequence is unforgiveness as it does. It handcuffs you to that event. You don't get set free. All right. It's been a while. It's been a while. There we go. Thank you. Let's get that off, Kyle. This... Yeah, I think there's some other messages in here. Unforgiveness can be messy. It could take a while <laughs> to, yeah. How many times do I uncuff him? 70 times, 77 times, as much as it takes. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So number one, yeah. <clears throat> number two, it poisons your soul. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison, thinking it's harming them. And it says here, Herodias, she's nursing this grudge. And eventually, she wants him killed. It's not enough that he's thrown him. Starts out, just get him in prison. Let's get him off the streets. What he's saying about us, Herod, is like ruining our reputation. Did you see his Facebook post about you, Herod? Like, get him off the street. We need to silence him. We need to shame him. Okay, I'll arrest him. But what she wants is death. And when, when we will not forgive and we nurse a grudge, we, it means our heart's getting colder and colder and colder. Jesus just tells us, forgive or else you or else you, you can't you can't be forgiven. 
Paul gives, says in it with a different nuance. In 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11, he says, And what I have forgiven, now this is an interesting statement, if there was anything to forgive. In other words, it's like, again, it was unintended on their side. They didn't even know. They didn't know they slighted you. They didn't know that that offended you. They didn't know that, that, that you didn't get invited to the party and whatever. And, you, you know, now you're offended. And why wouldn't they think of me? Why? And uh, I didn't go to the wedding and she whatever. Wait, is there, is there something there to forgive well, on you? But there might not actually be an offense. But either way, you must forgive. And he tells us why. I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us. Unforgiveness is a spirit. The enemy wants you to stay in your unforgiven state because he's outwitting you. He'll keep you stuck to your past, but we're not unaware of that. Some characteristics of unforgiveness is resentment. You're keeping score. You're keeping wrong. Nothing they say can ever, like you're just judging every word that they're saying, gossiping, telling others what they did to you, secretly happy about their failures, mistakes, harm, or shortcomings, and you're living for revenge. Those are characteristics. And the last consequence that I want to share is that you forfeit intimacy with God. That's why Timothy couldn't hug. I mean, he could have wrapped around me, but there couldn't have been an embrace. He couldn't have wrapped his arms around me because he was tied to the event. Paul tells us that Satan is outwitting us. Jesus says, if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive yours. It's not a salvation thing. It's an intimacy thing. So you're like, why can't I hear God? Why don't I feel his presence? Is there unforgiveness? I'm praying, but I'm not hearing. Is there unforgiveness? Why? Because it shows ingratitude for what God did for you. He's forgiven us. And if we're forgiven, we must forgive others. It's all through the scriptures, just as Christ forgave, just as all through uh, the, the epistles of Paul. He keeps on, just as Christ, just as Christ. If you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. Why? Because you're actually grateful for what I've done for you, which should be the very thing that's inspiring you to forgive. Until we totally forgive, we're going to be chained to our past. We're going to be bound in chains. So how do we do it? Number one, forgiveness is a choice to release someone from an offense. It's a choice. It doesn't mean you feel happy about it. It doesn't mean they deserve it. They might not deserve your forgiveness. That, you don't do it because they deserve it. You do it because God is asking you to forgive. It's a choice to release someone from the offense. Listen, I get it. The natural, this is why I say what Jesus says is supernatural. Because the natural thing to do is to stay mad. The natural thing to do is to say, no, I need to tell them. I want them to know, you know, but forgiving is actually an act of the will. This reminds me of the story of Corey Ten Boone, who was in the, the concentration camps of World War II. She was Jewish. Her sister, her parents were killed by the Nazi regime. And on the other side, she, she's the one out of her family that lived. 
And on the other side of it, she gives her heart to Jesus. She becomes a Messianic uh, Jew. She's a follower of Jesus. And she's sharing her story all through Germany. She goes through Germany, tells her story in different churches post-World War II. And one night, she's at some church, some village, and somewhere in Germany is telling a story. And she can see in the back row the soldier, and she knew it. She's seen it. She knew his face, who killed her sister in the gas chambers, the one who released it. She's teaching that night on forgiveness. And she's feeling rage as she's sharing because she's seeing this man. Listen, naturally, if I'm her, if you're her, like we could, we can, we have empathy for that. Like, yes, I would feel that anger. I, I, I feel that rage that she was probably feeling in the moment. Gets, service gets done. Uh, he comes down, to the, she's in the front talking to people. She sees the soldier walking to her. This is the man who killed her sister. So think of that, that level of trauma, that level of pain, that level of hurt, that level of wickedness. It's not like he's just said something bad or offended her. No, you took the life of my parents. You took the life of my sister. I'm the only, I don't even have family now. And he comes forward and he, he doesn't remember her but he said, he names the camp they was at, I don't remember. He names the camp, said, I served at. And he sticks his hand out and says, will you forgive me? And she, when she tells the story, she says, everything in her was saying, no, I cannot. I cannot. And she said, she, she doesn't know how, but she said, something in her said, choose this. It's an act of the will. It doesn't mean they're going to be reconciled and they're going to go on a cruise together. That's not what forgiveness is. It's letting, it's, it's releasing them from that fence. So she says, I forgive you. And she says, she sticks out his hand, shakes it. She felt the love of God rush her body. Listen, while she's preaching, she's feeling rage. When she chooses to forgive, she's released. That's the power of of God. Matthew 18, 20, or 21 through 22. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven? I mean, what Peter's essentially saying is like, there's a limit on this, right? He's hearing Jesus say, P.S., by the way, if you don't forgive, he's like, well, there's a limit, right? And I think you know, some, I've heard some say that, you know, Peter's probably feeling spiritual because seven's the perfect number in Scripture. Like, it's a God's number. Seven is God's number. The seventh day he rested. And uh, up to seven times, like, are you proud of me? And Jesus says, I tell you, no, not seven times, but 77 times. Some of your translations say seven times 70. You know, if. You have to forgive somebody 77 times in one day. That's a bad one. That's a really bad day. But what if we flip it? And what if you just have to keep doing it over and over? It's not that they're actually offending you, but the offense keeps coming back to your mind. 70, you won't. And you're like, I don't think I've forgiven because I still feel anger. Do it again. That's what Jesus is saying. 
Choose forgiveness over and over and over. Do it again. Yeah, but they, they said this and he did this. Choose forgiveness over and over. Number two, forgiveness comes from Christ's example for us. And it actually empowers our life. Christ becomes our example of forgiveness. A couple weeks ago, we talked about him making this statement on the cross. Father, forgive them. He, that statement is an example for us to follow, and it will empower us to do the very same thing. Ephesians 4. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Follow God's example. He becomes the source and our strength to look to. Therefore, as dearly loved children, you can do it because you have his love. Not because you feel like it, but because there's a love in you. It actually empowers you. Walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us. He's the example. His love will, will let you extend your hand to the Nazi soldier who killed you, your sister. You're able to do it because Christ showed you how. He empowers you to forgive other people because he doesn't want us stuck. If, if, we, if we don't forgive, we stay in bondage. Just as Christ loved us, gave himself up as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Number three. Forgiveness is refusing not the penalty, but to enact it. Right? Because in the worst case of something like abuse, murder, you know, there must be justice. But you can't be the one to do it. Because you'll never have enough payment. You actually will never be satisfied. Forgiveness is refusing to enact it yourself. The penalty that's actually due to them. You're trusting God with it. You're trusting the justice system with it. But if you put it in your hands, you're never going to be satisfied. You're going to be like... Herodias nursing the grudge all the way till death. And then even when they're dead, you still won't be satisfied. Listen, if we don't forgive, we are bound. We are chained. But when we forgive, we are released. So forgiveness is refusing to enact the penalty or the punishment you feel like they deserve. Total forgiveness is letting them off the hook. And giving it to God. That's just another way of saying it. It's just like letting them off the hook. Let's say it differently. Total forgiveness is absorbing the cost. That's what Jesus did. He goes to the cross, he dies, he absorbs the cost of our sin. It's like they damaged me. Like, you know, if there's a, I remember it was maybe year one, year two here at the church. We had the Allens over for New Year's Eve. And uh, there's, the verdict is still out on who was in the wrong. But my wife backed into the Allen's car. I can't remember, but damaged one of the side panels. So here's the options. We give the Allen's money, which we had none, because we just planted a church. We had no money. And I'm thinking that too, like, dang it. 
Here, give them money. We could split the cost while you were parked in my yard. How dare you? <laughs> it's your fault. So let's split the cost. That's justice. And if I'm the animal, it's like, no, you hit my car. You must pay me. Or you could say, don't worry about it. I'll cover it. That's forgiveness. So that's what happened. They actually were very gracious about it. Like, oh, don't worry about it. And in my mind, like, man, if someone hit my car, I'd want it fixed. They didn't have money either, man. We were just both of us in ministry. And uh, they absorbed the cost, even though it was our fault. They're at fault. What Pastor Jeff and, and Crystal did, they did not enact the penalty that they could have enacted upon us. They could have called the police. We could have got insurance involved. There would Someone would have to pay. But forgiveness is saying, I release you of the punishment. I will absorb the cost. I will let you off the hook. That's why it takes the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the flesh wants, no, there must be restitution. Some, this, this, there must be forgiveness. Acts 7, this happens with Stephen. He's essentially arrested for preaching Jesus and healing people, doing good things. And the religious people are mad, so they condemn him to death. Watch this. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them when he said this he fell asleep which means he died and as he's dying he's telling the lord forgive them they're they're murdering me i just only jesus could do that only jesus could have that kind of power to do that the last thought on what forgiveness is is and this is a minor thing but it's real. Let's refuse to gossip. If you're going to forgive somebody, don't gossip about them. I'm so glad the Allens didn't take a picture of their damaged car, post it on Facebook, ha, 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 look what the Popenhagens did to our car. <laughs> we forgive them, though. Did you? Because you're like telling everybody. When you really want people to know, like, I forgive them. I'm just telling you so you can pray about it. No. Part of total forgiveness is not damaging other people's credibility or reputation. And you may be in the right. But just because you have the right doesn't mean it's the ethical thing to do. So here's how I say it. You can tell two people. Tell God. Start there. And then tell another Christian brother or sister for therapeutic reasons. You must tell somebody to honor what you're going through, right? But don't tell the other person who's mad at them too or post it on Facebook. Yeah, I'm just saying, no. Go to a solid believer who's going to walk you through that and someone not connected to the event or the pain who can help you. Because... Total forgiveness is not damaging people. Proverbs 17, 9 says, Whoever would foster love covers the offense. That's what we do. We absorb the cost. That's what the Allens did. 
I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. That's loving. It might not be what you want, but it's what releases you from poisoning your soul is total forgiveness. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Gossip harms not only their reputation, but even yours. People feel our pain. People feel our unforgiveness. People feel our brokenness. Here's what I'd like to do in just a few moments we have left. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I want to show you how this actually, how we flesh this out. If you were to come into my office and we come to the conclusion there's someone you need to forgive, here's how I would do it. I would ask, the, ask you to ask the Holy Spirit. And you may see someone, you may say, oh, I, I've already forgiven him. Well, then this must be a seven times 77 thing. But I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, is there anyone I need to forgive? Just ask the Lord. This could even be yourself. You, you may need to forgive others. You may need to forgive yourself. You may need to forgive God. You may need to forgive an institution. You may need to forgive the government. You may need to forgive a political party. But just ask the Lord, is there someone I need to forgive? you just seen that person or it's something you like oh if it surprises you that's the Holy Spirit just so I can get a sense while your heads are closed eyes closed I mean how many are like the Lord speaking to you okay a handful of us here's how we're going to do this here's how you do this say this father I choose to forgive and say their name just you and the Lord not out loud but just in in your spirit. Father, I choose to forgive. Say their name. Four. Now we're going to name the offense because we need to honor that pain, but we're going to honor it by giving it to God. Father, I choose to forgive my boss. Four. Calling me out in front of my colleagues. Your name in the offense. Now tell the Lord how you felt. When he did that, I was embarrassed. I felt judged in front of all my other colleagues and friends. And I was angry at him. Father, if I was the judge, I would want him fired. That would be the punishment that I feel like he would deserve. Or I would want him reprimanded in front of the whole company. See, what we're doing is we're honoring our pain. Father, I choose to forgive my boss for calling me out in front of my colleagues. Honor your pain. Lord, I, I would want this, but I choose to give you the justice I feel like they deserve. I will not enact this myself. I, will, I choose to absorb the cost and give it to you. Father, release me from being tied to this event. Heal me in this moment. May I fully forgive and fully love well. I release them from this event. Thank you for healing me. In Jesus' name.